Amen. I believe you are clapping for Jesus Christ. Put your hands together beautifully for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Tell your neighbor you are welcome to the arena of liberty. Where free spirit is a requirement. Where free spirit is needed to receive from God. Are you, are you ready to allow your spirit to be free? Clap for Jesus Christ. Once again, are you ready to allow your spirit to be free? And sensitive to the spirit of God? Face your neighbor. Say neighbor. You are welcome to the arena of liberty. Where free spirit is needed, is required to receive. Are you ready to allow your spirit to be free and sensitive to the spirit of God? Glad for Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. You may have your seat as a royal priesthood, as a chosen generation, as a people of God. Wow. Some people see trials, difficulties, or challenges as a poison that kills man's happiness, desire, and zeal to move forward in life. Today, people give different interpretations to trials, difficulties. Even some have gone to the extent of blaming God when they are in trials, without knowing that in that situation, God is saying something. I repeat, today, some see trials, difficulties, or challenges as a poison that kills man's happiness, desire, and zeal to move forward in life. But... To the people of God, I mean, to believers of all nations, to those who rely on the strength of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they see trials, difficulties, and challenges as a tonic to their spiritual growth to their spiritual maturity. I mean, they see these adversities of life as a driving force to a higher aspiration in life. Are you a believer? Are you a Christian? Hmm. Therefore, as a Christian, 
If you are seeking to have heaven on this earth, I mean a situation whereby there is no thorn in your flesh. There are no troubles poking you. Nothing is touching you. Nothing is hitting you. Nothing is touching you. Nothing is hitting you. You want a situation whereby there are no challenges coming your way or disappointments coming into your life. You are definitely thinking, acting, and working against the counsel and principle of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In that book of John chapter 16, verse 33. Let me quickly take a reading from there. John chapter 16, verse 33. Let's hear the counsel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Are you there? John 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Take note. We are in the world. We are not part of it as Christians. As believers, we are in the world. We are not part of it. In the world, you will have tribulations, you will have trials, you will have challenges, you will have difficulties. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It means working against this principle, working against this counsel, is indeed working against the beauty of your Christian journey. The beauty of your Christian journey are the challenges you face and overcome. The beauty of your Christian journey are the difficulties you face in your marriage and triumph. They are the troubles, insults, embarrassment you encounter on your way to redemption. They are tests to mature you as a Christian. Because our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ promises to see you through them. Now listen. The thorn Christ Jesus wore for us as Christians, as believers, as born again, as followers of Christ Jesus. The thorn Christ Jesus wore for us and with which he was crowned sanctifies and makes easy all the thorns in our flesh. In other words, believers of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ took our place in affliction. It means that trouble that looks so big is not for you, it's for Christ. 
That disappointment in your marriage that is leading to divorce is not supposed to lead to divorce. It's meant to strengthen the marriage for the glory of God. If you know that Jesus Christ took your place in affliction. This will lead us to the very short message titled, The Beauty of Our Christian Journey. Tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, the beauty of our Christian journey. Yes, let's quickly see the second epistle of Paul, the apostle, to Timothy. I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I'll take my reading from verse 1 to 4. When you get back home, you can read from verse 1 to the end. Are you there? 2 Timothy chapter 2, from verse 1 to 4. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And take note of verse 3. That's where we're going, verse 3. That's exactly where our proof text is coming from. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Tell your neighbor, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Here, Apostle Paul was counseling Brother Timothy. It means what is good for Timothy is also good for you. It's also good for me. Are you there? By implication, Apostle Paul was not only talking to Timothy, he was also talking to the believers of all nations, including you and me. Therefore, permit me to say that here, Apostle Paul, based on his own personal experiences in life, was not only counseling brother Timothy, he was also counseling believers of all nations. That includes you and me. That we should endure trials and tribulations. Why? Because they are designed to enhance, to advance our course in life. It means, as a Christian, your present situation, no matter how tough it is, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how fearful it is, it's meant for your spiritual benefits. Who knows? It could be to humble you so that you are fit to be dignified at last. Such was the case of Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Are you there? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I will take my reading from verse 7 to 10. When you get home, you can read it from beginning to the end. Because of time. Chapter 12. From verse 7. To 10. Unless I should be exalted above measure 
by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Verse 9. And the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weaknesses. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Sometimes in our lives as Christians, when we are going too far as a result of pride and arrogance, in order for us not to lose our salvation, our redemption, our relationship with Jesus Christ. He will permit insults, embarrassment, difficulties, challenges, troubles. Mention any foolish thing at all to humble you. Now listen to this. As it was with Job. In Job chapter 1 from verse 1 to the end. With God's permission. With God's approval in your life. Satan can attack you. Or he cannot destroy you. Can you see the beauty of your Christian journey? As it was with Joseph in Genesis chapter 39 from verse 1 to the end. With God's approval, with God's permission, if God allows it, Satan can tempt you but cannot take your loyalty from God. Cannot snatch your loyalty to God. As it was with Apostle Paul, the great apostle in the history of the church. If God permits, you can be afflicted with a thorn. But that thorn will make you stronger. It means God in his infinite mercy will prepare you for it.
if you rely on God's strength, He will not allow the enemy of your soul to give you more than you can bear, more than you can take. It means trouble will definitely come. Trouble will definitely come. Trials will definitely come. Disappointment will come, but you become stronger in it. It means you will come out of that trial, that difficulty, that challenge, stronger than you went into it. Therefore, those whom God calls for any assignment, he makes fit for it. Our challenges prepare us for extraordinary service. Unlike others, when challenges come, their faith waxes cold. They begin to seek for alternative outside the church. But we believers, our challenges prepare us for extraordinary service. How do I mean? The more the challenge, the more the difficulty, the more you pray, the more you fast, the more you move closer to God. Now, I want to land. Hebrews 5 verse 8 says, Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was the Son of God. Yet, he learned obedience by the things he encountered, by the things he suffered. In the midst of those trials, instead of grumbling against God, murmuring against God, rebelling against God, the Bible says he stood his ground as the son of God. He never held offense against anyone. Rather, he said... In Luke 23, verse 34, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. That includes you. Amen. Then who are you to hold offense? We Christians do otherwise today. Instead of learning obedience by the things we suffer, we grumble, we murmur, we rebel against God and keep offense against one another. Hold grudges against one another. And this eventually locks up our spirits. And when your spirit is locked up, you cannot pray effectively. When your spirit is locked up, you cannot move closer to God. Your conscience will always condemn you because offense is holding you in bondage. When your spirit is locked up, it cannot be free and sensitive to the spirit of God. And therefore, it becomes useless as an instrument. But when your spirit is free, you welcome the Holy Spirit. He comes to advise you, to encourage you, and to hold you strong in your affliction. Holding offense against anyone hinders and handicaps us from fulfilling our full potential. When you hold an offense, you are held captive by the enemy, Satan himself, to do his will and his purpose. But when your heart is free of offense, when your spirit is free, then you can stay in the will of God. Therefore, people of God, I leave you with this lesson. As a child of God, try as much as you can 
to remain in God's will when tempted, when challenged, and when accused wrongly. I mean, refuse to be offended in order not to offend God, your creator, who said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. If he could do that to his enemies, those who crucified him, who are you to keep offense? Ask your neighbor, who are you to keep offense? When your Savior said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And that includes you and me. What Satan aims at in tempting we children of God is to overthrow our position as children of God. How does he do this? By cutting off your dependence upon God. Two, by cutting off your duty to God. And three, by cutting off your communion with God. And when he's able to achieve this, he eventually destroys the beauty of your Christian journey. But if you don't allow him to achieve this, by allowing a free spirit, not holding offense against anyone, wow, your Christian journey is beautiful. So thank you. I leave you here in faith, and I believe we'll meet again in faith. God bless you.